0: Hey folks, Steve Lewis here with Relevance for Today. Glad you're joining us. We've got a great interview today with Pastor Evan Oxner from Amherst, Nova Scotia. Today we're going to be talking about his upcoming book. It's an amazing book called Let's Be Blunt. Stay tuned, folks. This is a game changer for the body of Christ. Okay, so once again, thanks for joining us. Like I said in the opening, Pastor Evan Oxner, great to have you here.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Definitely. It's good to have you here. Excited to talk to you about your new book called Let's Be Blunt. But before we get started, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself so the readers will know who I'm talking to.
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Evan Oxner. Uh, I'm a pastor in uh, the Wesleyan Church. I live in Amherst, Nova Scotia. I grew up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and I went to uh, Bible school at uh, Bethany Bible College, which is now Kingswood University. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated from Kingswood, I lived up in Perth, Andover, New Brunswick. Oh, nice! Which is just across uh, just across the border from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in in Perth, I. Uh, I started dating my now wife Oh, nice! and we got married, uh, we got married up there. Uh, and we have right now, we've got a three-year-old boy and a two-month-old boy. Oh, wow. And so I've been, I've been in the ministry for about, um, about 10 years now, Mm -hmm. full time. And when I was in, when I was living up in Perth, right after I had graduated from Bible school, I had this itch, um, about some ideas that I I felt needed to be addressed, and mm-hmm. I started working on this book, and nice. I've been working on it for about the past nine or ten years.
0: Oh and my finally, word!
1: <laughs> here it is in print.
0: <laughs> well, praise God! I bet you're happy. You're it, it's nice
1: to have it done.
0: Yes. Have you gone back through it and read it a couple times, or
1: uh, just in the process of mm. of getting it published, I had to read it several times and. Right like I would have had one draft done several years ago and had to rewrite it. I would have uh, finished one draft and sent it off to some friends to see if they would read it Mm -hmm. and uh, realized that they wouldn't get past the first chapter. And so (laughs) it must not have been very good. So rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And then I actually, I had sent uh, the manuscript into a Canadian publishing company back last year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's a Christian publisher, and uh, they uh, they do this contest. It's a self-publishing company. Oh, nice! Uh, but they do this contest where you can send in your manuscript, and they select one uh, nonfiction manuscript to publish for free. And so I sent it in to that contest, mm-hmm. and I didn't win, but I made the short list, and they provided a significant discount in the publishing cost. Right. So I went with them and through that whole process, I've had to read it several times uh, just to make sure it was the way I wanted it. And then through editing, I had to reread it several times, make sure all the scripture references are to the right references, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, I've read it a few times.
0: Yes, I would say so. So it's been a labor of love for sure. Well, that's exciting. So I'm glad you shared with us about where you're from and the whole nine yards. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to jump right in because your book is entitled Let's Be Blunt. Right. And it's a book that uh, talks about the body of Christ. And yeah. my first question is, aren't there enough books about how the church needs to change? Or what makes this one different?
1: Um, As I was writing it, that that was one of the questions I even posed to myself is what is the point of me writing this? Mm -hmm. Like um, I know there's all, there are all kinds of other um, wonderfully intelligent and um, inspired authors out there that are writing Mm -hmm. about the church and writing about what needs to happen and what we should be doing. Right. But when I, when I sat down to it and looked at, looked at what, where god was leading me with this book i knew that i was bringing a slightly different angle mm-hmm. both in both in how i write and a rather blunt style to it but also the book isn't primarily about how the church should be different okay it is primarily about the foundation of christianity mm. and that is what i have noticed in a lot of books is that they deal with what the church should be doing and the problems of the church and trying to tackle the problems of the church. Right. And that's not what I was trying to do with this book. It's not about fixing all the problems mm. that the church has. It's about returning to the foundation of Christianity mm. and making sure that that is what it should be. And then all the other problems will get solved.
0: Gotcha. You know, when you said that, it reminded me of uh, in the book of Revelation where it says... uh they forgot their first love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So, what uh, what were some sources of inspiration for the book?
1: So, I mean, obviously, obviously, my own faith journey mm-hmm. in, in digging into the Bible and and trying to come to an understanding of what the the text is actually trying to say was was huge. Um, I read authors like. N.T. Wright, mm-hmm. and Francis Chan, C.S. Yes. Uh, Lewis, A.W. Tozer. Mm-hmm. Tozer was a huge, huge part of that. Okay. Um, but then just going through life and growing up, I, I was looking around and I saw just watching movies mm-hmm. and listening to music and different things. I would pick up on certain things, and I felt like God was speaking to me through those those things. Mm-hmm. Um I grew up going to church in the nineties and back then there was uh the newsboys were a huge band. Yes. And they had they had one song called The Lost Plot. And it was as it was one of it was one of those songs that I always liked and then as I got older mm-hmm. and I returned to listening to my old albums, that was one of those songs. It just said exactly what needed to be said. Right. And and the point of that song is is very much about how we forgot it. I think one of the lines is we forgot in our first love. Mm-hmm. And so we've lost the plot. Wow. And it's all yeah. about how we have tried to create a Christianity that fits our desires. And mm-hmm. we've created a Christianity that is about us. And we've created a Christianity that does what we want it to. Right. Right. And that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Christianity has to be about God, and God determines what we're about, and who we are, and what yeah. we do. Yeah. And so that was a that was a huge piece for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I also like a lot of movies, and so um, there are, I use some illustrations in the book. Um, one of them is is The Matrix,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this idea of of reality and what we base base our ideas of reality on um and uh i talk about uh, the movie schindler's list mm-hmm. later on in the book and seeing the illustration there about sacrifice and um what this all boiled down to is i i began to read scripture and see certain texts pop out to me and that allowed me Look at the Bible with fresh eyes mm. and see that we were we were missing something right. that we had made one thing our focus mm-hmm. that wasn't supposed to be our focus, which is essentially is we have made the entire Christian idea and Christian world all about heaven. Yes, and it's all about getting to heaven. Mm-hmm. When reality is that the point of Christianity is for us to be changed, mm. us to be transformed. Yes. And heaven is part of that. And heaven is, at our, etern- is our eternal dest- destination. Mm-hmm. But the point of it isn't to be in heaven and be sinful in heaven. The mm. point of it is to be restored to the image of God. Amen. And that is a that is And that starts now. Yes. Um, I mean, In John, John chapter 17, uh, John records Jesus praying, and Jesus says eternal life is knowing you, the Father, and your Son. His definition of eternal life isn't going to some other world. His Mm -hmm. definition of eternal life is knowing God. And so there are passages like that that obviously brought in the shift for me. And as I dug and 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 kept uh, kept looking through Scripture, I began to see that the point wasn't heaven, even though that's part of it. The point of it is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Yes, I mean the language is there—the body of Christ—and um, and, and uh, when you look at Genesis. It's, it becomes, the Bible becomes this story right from the very start where he created humanity in mm. the image of God. Uh-huh. And the whole rest of the book talks about him bringing us back to that place. Yes. That's and, beautiful. uh, and I don't see a lot of books talking about that.
0: Right. You know, and when you brought up about renewing your mind, I couldn't help but bring up Romans twelve two. Which Absolutely. Says, you know, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's powerful. It. Preach it, preach it. So, you know, and and actually, us talking about that just now made me want to ask you, you know, how do you hope your book will affect its readers?
1: Well. I'm I'm kind of thinking that there will probably be two types, basically two types of readers, um, that will that will really get something from this book. Um, the first kind is people who are in the church, who have kind of kind of wrestled with their faith a little bit and are looking looking for answers, looking for something a little bit more. Um, I hope that this book allows them to dig into their faith. Uh, with fresh perspective and f- fresh passion um, and it allows them to dig in and really dig in mm-hmm. and and have a reason uh, to just pour their heart and soul into christ and the ministry of his body mm-hmm. um, i want i want to help allow them to have that firm foundation and move forward in a way that that proclaims holiness and transformation and change and freedom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the other group uh, that I think will we'll get a lot yeah. of reading this book primarily are those that would have grown up in the church and maybe pulled back from it mm-hmm. and said, the church, I don't know about the church. I don't know about this Christianity thing. I see all these questions in the world. I see all these things going on. I see all these other religions and I and I just don't know if this is something I want to be part of. Right. And I think, well, I hope that some of those people will pick this book up and read it and see that Christianity is something totally different. hmm And that there is more to this than they were led to believe, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Right. And it will allow them allow them to re-engage like with that. Christianity and re-engage with Christ and see just how big God is mm. and how central he is to how we work and how the world was designed to work. And it will allow them to, to see what really the point of Christianity is. Nice. And uh, and not be, not be distracted or frustrated. Mm-hmm. And get lost in all the noise, and lost in the opinions, and lost in all the failures of Christians and the church. That we all we all have these failures, mm-hmm. and not get lost in that, but to remember, or or maybe see for the first time what God is really up to. Right. And that will draw them back. Mm. Amen. Um, it's definitely coming out
0: at a perfect time too. Right now. It is April 2020, and we're in the middle of the COVID thing going on with the whole quarantine and whatnot, but it is a perfect time to get back to our first love and learn, so this is definitely a timely book to be coming out for sure.
1: I was really hoping to be able to do some some in-person interviews and Mm -hmm. be able to (laughs) launch the book in person, but... That's
0: not happening. Hey, we're going to make sure we spread you out there as far as we can. And I know you said you've got some other churches you're going to speak at as well. Yeah. But right now, um, and I've mentioned it before in previous podcasts as well, right now the social media is our best friend as far as getting the word Absolutely. out to people because there's more people connected right now in social media than ever before. Yeah. So they're sitting in their homes. They're wondering, is this church thing really all it's cracked up to be And why am I not getting more out of it? And now that yeah. I'm home without the church building, what, what, what's going on with my life? Yeah. You know, and they need answers. So, Hey, let's be blunt. I'm pretty sure people are going to jump on that and want to get to know their first love again. And, and start I hope from so. there. Yeah, It's a learning process because, you know, before we have pastors, you know, you're a pastor, you guys feed us all the time while we sit back and relax in the pews. And, right. uh, Now we can't see you and we can't rely on you to do everything for us. So we've got to learn how to pick up that spoon and start eating. Yep. So good stuff. And I mean, you already touched on some of the parts of uh, your importance of wanting to write the book, but I know you still have some things you want to share on that.
1: Yeah. um, Probably one of the biggest reasons for writing the book personally Mm -hmm. is that I had questions. Um, growing up, I've always, I've always been in the church. Like my parents brought me to church when I was an infant Mm -hmm. and there has never been a time in my life that I was not part of the church, but throughout that time, I have had questions and questions and questions and questions. Right. And when I ask people questions, sometimes I get good answers (laughs) and a lot of times I didn't. Right. And so I had these nagging questions that I needed to find answers to. And, and so I wanted, I wanted to write something that answered those questions. Nice. I, and I've had people ask me questions mm-hmm. and come up to me and say, you know what? I've heard this, or this is my perspective of the church, or this is my perspective of God, or this is my perspective of Christianity. How does this work? Why does this work? And And those questions have bothered me enough that I needed, I needed to answer them. Mm -hmm. And in the journey of finding all these things and, and me, my own journey of faith, as I discovered what God was really up to Mm -hmm. and who he really is, Mm -hmm. it became like Jeremiah, when Jeremiah gets his call into ministry. Um, He describes it as a a fire in his bones that he can't hold back. Uh And it became one of these nagging things, these nagging feelings that I couldn't avoid. I think about it for a while, then I go on to something else, and then it would come back. Uh And like sometimes you think, well, it would be really good for me to learn how to, uh, I don't know, build furniture. And you have that idea. Right. And then you think about it for a week and then it's three years down the road Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh yeah, I was going to start building (laughs) furniture and it's, and it's nothing that's really compelling. Right. This was something I couldn't stop thinking about. Mm. I couldn't avoid. And as I, as I walked down this journey, I I discovered things about God that I knew I had to talk about and I knew I had to share. Mm. And I knew that if I was thinking about this stuff, exactly, that other people were thinking about it yep. too. Yep. And, I mean, just to be blunt, I am super stubborn. <laughs> and so, if I've got this nagging feeling, I've got these questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight to find the answers. Right. But I know a lot of people aren't. You're a lot exactly of people right. are gonna get so frustrated and uh-huh. so annoyed by the. By the questions and the problems that they're just gonna they're gonna end up giving up Yep. and that's not necessarily a fault of their own it's just i mean everybody's got a different personality mm-hmm. and different strengths and different weaknesses but i knew that if i could answer some of the questions for them and i could do the work of putting this together and handing it to them mm. i may help save their faith. Yep. Or I may help guide them a little bit deeper, or I may be able to encourage them along the journey. Nice. That they can they can continue to grow and that they know that what they're doing matters. Mhm. And that the god they serve isn't man-made. Nice. That's a good point. And uh
0: Yeah, that's good. That uh yes, yeah, so yeah. it was like a dog on a bone. Yep. But, you know, the neat part, too, is it made me think of Saul, who, of course, ended up being Paul. But uh, same thing, God knew laying that on you, laying that on your heart, eventually you were going to jump on it. And when you jumped on it, you know, you were the right man for the job to get the message out to us. So that's great. Uh, What parts, when you were actually writing the book, and, of course, now that the book is done, what parts challenged you the most personally?
1: There are a few parts. I mean as I was reading over the book during the editing process, mm-hmm. um, there were definitely moments where I'm reading it going, I am so glad that I'm <laughs> reading this because I needed, I needed these words for mm-hmm. me now, which is, which is a really strange thing to mm-hmm. be the guy that wrote it. Yep. And then to be reading it and being like, Oh, that's a really good thought. Mm-hmm. I needed, I needed that. But a couple of the parts that, that are I guess the most convicting or most meaningful to me is right at the very beginning, I talk about the Exodus mm-hmm. and how the Exodus is this incredible moment in in history where God steps into the world and says, I am greater than every other God that you are surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And I am going to fight for you, even though you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And even though even though you may not want it, you don't understand it. I'm going to take the first step to fight for you Amen. and show you that I'm greater than everything and everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's an, that's an incredible statement that, oh, yeah. that encourages me and pushes me. Mm-hmm. Um, Exodus 14, 14 is kind of the, the key verse there where it says, the Israelites are at the edge of the Red Sea and they're, they're freaking out mm-hmm. and God's, God says to Moses, "You tell them, the Lord Himself will fight for you. Mm. Just stay calm." Wow! And uh, when you look at the translation, and if you if you look at actually um, Eugene Peterson's version uh, of uh, of the account in the message,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he basically says, "You tell them, sit down, shut up, watch me
0: work." <laughs> nice, yeah. And it's
1: and it's this this very very passionate and forceful statement of I am the one that's doing the work Mm -hmm. I am fighting for you but you've got to let me do it Mm -hmm. and so that's this incredible incredible moment and then I actually talk about it later uh in chapter chapter 11 it's called that chapter is called remember the exodus
2: Mm.
1: and it's all about how like the Israelites we have these moments in our lives where God does something huge, and we so often, almost instantly, forget it. Yep,
0: that's what we do best.
1: And he actually, before the Israelites left, he instituted the Passover, mm-hmm. and he told them, you're supposed to practice this every year to remember. Mm to remember the Exodus, remember who God is, remember what he has done. Yes. And that is an incredibly hard thing to do and still is one of these things that bothers me and frustrates me and is, is significant to me mm. is how often I forget yep. who God is and what he has done yep. and how important it is for me to remember mm. that to remember the Exodus, to remember that God is greater than all the other gods.
0: Yes. And to remember that
1: God is the one taking the initiative.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's um, important right now as we're speaking. We're in quarantine. Absolutely. You know, the the many of the message that we're coming across, and I mean I shared one too, but don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget yeah. who God is. You know. Yeah. Everybody's going to buy toilet tissue. Right. You know, it's it's crazy. And picking up the word and remembering, oh yeah, and hey, wait, the lights are still on. Or wait, I've still got food in the cupboard. Absolutely. I still can stand and breathe and see. And so there's so many things. Yes, that's true.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we we go through one crisis Mm -hmm. and we survive it. And we go, phew, glad that's over. And then the (laughs) next crisis shows up. And we're like, oh, God isn't (laughs) big enough to handle this crisis.
0: Yep, that's true.
1: And... And I'm sure God is just looking at us going, don't, don't you remember what I just did? Mm-hmm. Don't you remember what I've done throughout your whole life? What I've done throughout history? Did you think that this one obstacle, this new obstacle is greater than me? Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I fall for it so often. I think we all um, do. But. God wants us to remember, and if we remember, that sets us up for freedom mm-hmm. and to go through issue after issue after issue and victory and freedom and hope and looking to God and knowing, no, our God is greater than all the other gods. Yes.
0: You know, that reminds me of, uh, you know, speaking of that, it was like in uh, Luke nine thirteen when Jesus did the miracle once again of feeding the people. You know, and it says right here, but Jesus said, you feed them. And of course the disciples responded, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And the yeah. bottom line was, and then he looked at them and said, don't you remember what we just did? But it's so yeah. easy to forget. And you think in your mind, you know, us reading that, we go, oh my gosh, these guys were crazy. How could they forget until we look at our own lives and go, wait a minute, I just Absolutely. did the same thing. How are we going to pay that bill if this happens? you know? Absolutely. And yeah, so you're right. That's good. That's good. Yeah.
1: Well, the other, um, really significant parts of the book, um, that hits me pretty hard Mm -hmm. is when I talk about, um, talk about Schindler's List Mm. and, um, and how there's this moment in that, in that movie, which may or may not be historically accurate, but the illustration works. Mm -hmm. Um, where Schindler is is there at the end of the war and realizes that he could have saved yes. more people if he had given up a few other things. Yeah. And boy, when I <laughs> when pick, I think home. about that scene, mm-hmm. and there's a passage in uh, I think it's Ezekiel and where God is just calling down to the Israelites and saying, listen, you're my shepherds. I gave you the responsibility mm-hmm. of taking care of the people, and you're not taking care of the people. You're, you're using them to feed your own desires. Wow. You're, my people are there, and they're starving, and you're getting fat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there is this incredible amount of pain and personal conviction that hits me about what is God calling me to do? mm -hmm. And is there something in my life, whether that's a financial thing or a habit, a hobby, uh, a perspective, uh, some pet peeve I'm hanging on to Mm. that is actually getting in the way of feeding his sheep. That's actually getting in the way of taking care of God's people, Mm -hmm. taking care of the poor and the hungry and the lonely in this world. Yes. How much in my life am I holding on to because uh, I've done enough or uh, I don't want to give that up. Mm -hmm. And I basically looked at other people's lives and said, you're not worth enough. You're not worth enough for me to give that up or you're not worth enough for me to get rid of that. Mm. And uh boy, that uh yeah, you said a mouthful. Yep. Yeah,
0: that does make you think. And that's that's good because that also shows you self-evaluation in your book. It teaches you how to self-evaluate yourself. Because yeah. I mean, that passage you were talking about there, you know, what are you guys doing just getting fat off of this when you should be taking care of the the sheep? Yeah. That speaks volume to many organizations for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's powerful. And I noticed in your book you quote a lot of scripture, which is fantastic. But you want to tell the listeners why?
1: Um, the biggest part of why I quote so much of the Bible in the book, mm-hmm. um, and there are there are portions where I just straight quote an entire chapter. I do that because one. I wanted to make sure that what I was writing was not my own opinion, mm-hmm. or as much not my opinion, um, and that it was as scripturally based as possible. Good. Um, that if I'm saying something, I want to back it up with scripture. I wanted to show that no, this was this is obvious when you look at the text; it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't just me trying to make the Bible fit my world, but this is the Bible. Uh, changing my world. Um, the other reason why there's so much is because I wanted context. I wanted to make sure that we weren't just taking random passages all the time mm-hmm. and letting the random passages say something without letting the rest of the Bible speak to it. Amen. Um, like, for example, like John three sixteen. everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people know it. And we usually get just that one verse from that chapter, but that entire chapter is incredible Mm -hmm. and significant. And it's not just about, it's not just about God loving us and coming to save us, but he goes on to explain this being born again, Mm. which is right there, that image of, Hey, I'm coming to restore your image. I'm coming to transform you. I'm not just coming so that you can escape this world. I'm coming to transform you so you can be born again, remade. Amen. From, from the foundations up. And so we have, we, we often have taken these passages that are wonderful. Mm-hmm. But because we don't see everything around it, we miss what they're really saying. Yes. And so it was really important for me to make sure that I was, I was presenting material that that was clearly founded on scripture Uh and having right in the book, um, the passages to show that there is so much more than we have, than we have allowed ourselves to focus on Mm. and to really let the Bible speak in its entirety. Uh And allow that to be the foundation of our faith.
0: Amen. That's good. That's really good. I applaud you for that. It's nice to have the word written.
1: Absolutely. And if you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, you're reading a book and you're like, oh, yep. there's a scripture (laughs) reference. There's a scripture reference. There's a scripture reference. Mm -hmm. And you don't bother going to look it up. You're not going to stop halfway through the chapter and go, oh, what was that passage?
0: Unless you're trying
1: to pick the guy apart, right? And Mm -hmm. say, "Uh, I don't know about that. Let me look (laughs) that one up, right? Yeah, Um,
0: you're you're right.
1: And so I was like, no, as much as I can, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put these passages in there, right in there. So it's part of the text. It's right in front of your face. Here it is. Read it. See... What it's saying. Nice. And um, yeah, so that's that's why there there are parts where there are whole chapters quoted. Um because I didn't want people to miss it.
0: Yep, yeah, that's good. I like that. So when's the book gonna be released? What's the release date?
1: So officially it is released I think it's May thirty first or, or, or June first. Okay. Um it'll be available. Um it's actually available for pre order now mm-hmm. on Amazon. Okay, and so there there are a number of uh, different places. One of the reasons I went with uh, uh, the publisher I did is because they've got quite a wide distribution chain. Okay, and so it should be available in Canada and the U.S. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, you should be able to get on the Google Play Store and the Apple Books okay. and Kindle, or um, when it's finally released, you'll be able to download it as an ebook. Um, but it should be, it should be available for purchase June 1st.
0: Nice. And the name of that book is Let's Be Blunt. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. So are you, uh, you going to be working on any other books?
1: Yep. I've been, I've been beginning the process of writing another book all about scriptural authority mm-hmm. and freedom in our lives and, just the process that I see in Scripture about how how we can have freedom in our personal lives, then in our families, then in our church, and then in our communities, mm. um, and there is a structure to that, and there is a hierarchy, and that it has to follow that line,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's that's based off of um, a passage um, where Jesus Jesus talks about uh, how how are you supposed to walk in into someone's house and rob the place mm. if, uh, if you don't first tie up the owner, right. Which is this really kind of strange illustration for Jesus to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's all, he's all about saying, no, you need to, you need to take over authority of plates mm. before you can do anything good. Right. And he's actually referring back to when he was in the desert, uh, being tempted by Satan. Yes. Before he went and did ministry, he had to go it. He he was he was essentially walking into somebody else's house mm-hmm. and binding up the current owner I and like taking that. over ownership. And so, I'll, I'm working on this other book, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to get it together uh, not too long from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is the the working title for that is Jesus' Guide to Home Invasion.
0: Oh wow, nice. I like that. I like that. So it's very catchy. That's going to make someone just snap that up real quick.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I'm I'm mainly writing it just for the title, yep. just because it's such a fun title.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it definitely will grab someone.
1: Yeah, that's good. No, but it's it, that's a that's one of those topics that uh, in the past two or three years has really uh, been setting heavy on my heart. Mm-hmm. So i I've, I've started to work on that too.
0: That's good. Good. Well, Hey, anything else you want to share with the audience before we close?
1: Just thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for giving me a chance to to speak and hopefully speak something positive and helpful into your lives. I know that everybody is just being bombarded by so much content and Mm. uh, there are so many people who are, way better speakers and way better authors and way smarter than me. And, and there's so much out there. And so I just want to thank you for giving me the the chance uh, to share with you something that God has put on my heart. And I hope, um, I hope that my words and my book mm. uh, can help you in your journey, help you draw closer to God. And that it allows, allows you to really find freedom and purpose and, And they have passion, a restored passion for Christ and His church and what He's up to. Amen. Yeah.
0: Yes. And since we're in this current state we're in with this whole uh, coronavirus thing, I would like to ask you to go ahead and close in prayer for us, Evan. Sure.
1: Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that we live in a time when we have access to Your Word, that we're not in this place where we have to gather in one location in order to hear your word, and there's only one copy, but you have made it so readily available. God, I pray that you would would draw us to your word and that you would speak. I pray that you would open our eyes to see what it is you wanna tell us and that you would be the driving force behind our hearts and our souls and our relationships, and how we live our lives. God, I pray right now that you would bring freedom to this world, that you would stop this virus, that you would bring healing, and that you would remove its power. And whether that's power the virus has, or power that somebody else has given it, God, I pray that you would rob it of its power, and that you would bring healing and freedom. that you would allow us to meet to get back together and to see your kingdom come and your will be done right here on earth right now as fully and completely as it is in heaven god we pray these things not as wishful thinking we don't pray them as some kind of the authority of jesus amen
0: amen well awesome There you have it, folks. Great interview with Pastor Evan Oxner from Amherst, Nova Scotia. It's great having you, Evan. All right, thanks. Yes, sir. And folks, check him out I'm gonna leave you all the information for him so you can go check him out on Facebook and YouTube he's got some you got some messages on YouTube correct
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah so we'll definitely put those out there as well don't be afraid to connect with him folks he's got some great insight to the word of God so with that being said hey God bless you folks take care of yourselves thanks for tuning in we love you peace